Okay. This is why I do children's ministry. Good evening. My life's verse. Well, I had several to pick from. I buffet the body daily. That's a good one. Or uh, Mary Hart doeth good like medicine. That's another good one. But I want to share tonight with you from, uh, this is too hot, Steve, turn me down a little bit. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, or we're going to start in chapter 10 actually to create the context. But uh, so if you'd uh, turn there with me and uh, prepare, I want to talk to you about the concept of loyalty, being loyal. And uh, every one of us, in our lives is following somebody. We're following someone. I've entitled this message, if you want to write down on your sermon notes, uh, Whose Back is in Front? Whose Back is in Front? Who are you following, in essence? And uh, just to give you an example, that there are certain kinds of people in the world that are, it's rather amazing that they've made it to adulthood because of some of the things that they do. Uh, for example, uh, some friends went out to buy uh, some pop and noticed that cases were discounted 10%. Since it was a big party, we bought two cases. The cashier multiplied two times 10% gave us a 20% discount. A uh, lady couldn't find her luggage at the airport, baggage area. She went to the lost baggage office, told the woman there, my bags never showed up. She smiled and told me not to worry. She was a trained professional, and she was in good hands. Now she asked, has your plane arrived yet? <sighs> my favorite. While working at a pizza place, I observed a man ordering a small pizza to go. He appeared to be alone, and the cook asked him, if he would like it cut into four pieces or six. He thought about it for some time before responding, just cut it into four pieces. I'm not hungry enough to eat six. And these people walk among us and reproduce. Yow, yow, yow. Uh, Leanne was talking about singing and auditions and all that good stuff, and uh, I'll never forget, uh, they had a guest many years ago in chapel, and he, uh, he got up there, and we were all waiting for, you know, this tremendous presentation, and he began by singing this little song. I feel like hell, I feel like hell. I feel like helping someone today. And that was the end of that chapel service for me. I thought, this guy's a genius. This is incredible. No wonder I'm in kids' ministry. I know a lot of great kids' songs. You know, I think I'm going to throw up, you know, different stuff that's just really pretty amazing. But tonight I want to talk to you about a verse that uh, has really kind of taken my heart probably all the way back to when I was about 12 years old, when I started working in youth ministry. As a 12-year-old, I was allowed to become the treasurer of a youth group. Now, you could imagine how exciting that was for me and the youth group. 
But they trusted me for some reason enough with the finances. So at the age of 12, I began to think about, uh, I was saved when I was about 10 at a kid's camp. Uh, by the age of 12, I was involved pretty heavily in church. I was singing in the adult choir. I was involved in ministry at an amazing youth pastor named Wally Reel, who was a great guy and a great mentor to me and a great example. And I learned that as I began to follow him, as he followed Christ, it impacted my life. And later on, as I got older, uh, went into junior high, then high school. In college, I, became, I uh, developed a good, close relationship with the senior pastor at uh, the church I was attending as a college student, T.B. Evans, a, a phenomenal man of God. And he taught me some amazing things and allowed me to develop my abilities even within the church as far as some speaking, some worship leading, and different things. But as a mentor, he began to teach me some things. And then uh, uh, later on, we got involved in different ministries. And I ended up uh, uh, getting married and moved to the church uh, where Linda attended. And uh, Pastor uh, Arthur Klaus was the first senior pastor that I worked for as a youth pastor. And then uh, we moved from there to southern Indiana, and, and Pastor Glenn Full became the senior pastor that I worked for and ministered under. And uh, from there, we moved back to the Chicago area, and David Robinson became the senior pastor that I worked for, and that was about, took, that was about nine years. And we left that church and uh, came here to Christian Life, and Pastor Merrill, uh, took a, Merrill, Pastor Merrill Sr. took me in and kind of under his wing and allowed me to, uh, to minister and to, to do some developing here at the church and, and to get to be known and ultimately came on, pat, on uh, staff at that time and, uh, in 96. And uh, man, I've been here a long time. And, uh, and then down the road, Pastor Merrill said, well, you know, I'm, I think we're going to turn the church over to Pastor Darrell Jr. And uh, I remember we went on a little field trip. The, th the three of us went to, uh, to the house in Iowa the uh, Merrill Estate. If you ever get a chance to go there, don't go too fast because you'll miss it. But uh, it's just a little farmhouse and uh, they have a bathroom that I literally cannot use. It's too small. I just can't get in there. But uh, anyway, uh, so we spent some time together talking and, and discussing and, and figuring out, you know, could I transfer my loyalty and my allegiance from Pastor Merrill Sr. to Pastor Merrill Jr.? And, uh, and God said, sure you can. Not only can you, you will. And, uh, and I did. And so uh, it's been an amazing relationship now these many years. And I thank God for the fact that I have served men that said to me, follow me as I follow Christ. And that has become my life's verse. And I take it out of uh, 1 Corinthians 11, verse number 1. Says, follow, Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Now, Paul begins this little section, and I just to kind of set the context, I want to read very quickly, uh, verse, uh, starting in chapter 10, verse 23. Notice what Paul says here. He's, he's talking to a group of, of Christians. The Corinthians were, you know, they were a lot of new, new Christians. They'd come out of pagan religions and a lot of crazy stuff. And so he was talking to them, and he was beginning to try to establish in their hearts and minds an understanding of what it means to be a believer and what it means to be free as a Christian. And so I just I take this uh, little passage here in uh, chapter 10 just to set the, the, the tone. 
Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything is constructive. Nobody should seek his own good, but the good of others. Eat anything sold in the meat market without raising questions of conscience, for the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. If some unbeliever invites you to a meal and you want to eat, go eat whatever is put before you without raising questions of conscience. But if anyone says to you this has been offered in sacrifice, then do not eat it both for the sake of the man who told you and for conscience' sake, the other man's conscience. I mean not yours, for why should my freedom be judged by another's conscience? If I take part in the meal with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of something I thank God for? So whether you eat, very, very important verse here. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the church of God, even as I try to please everybody in every way. For I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Heavenly Father, as we take a few moments now to, to look at your word, I want to thank you for the example of Paul. But I want to thank you also for the example of men in my life. Wally Real, Ken Wallace, T.B. Evans, Pastor Klaus, Pastor Robinson, Pastor Merrill Sr., Pastor Full, Mike Marsh, Pastor Daryl Jr., and others, God, that have impacted my life and allowed me to follow them. And so, Father, tonight I pray that we would all catch a hold of this and realize somebody is following us. Someone is going to follow us into the kingdom of heaven or into eternal darkness. Lord, I pray that not one human in this place tonight would lead another person astray, but rather we would all be able to turn around when we, when we walk into the gates of heaven and see behind us those that are following us because we have followed Christ. Father, thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have your sermon notes, that sheet, I'd like you to write down the left-hand side of that, the word loyal, L-O-Y-A-L. Uh, yes, I'm doing another acrostic because I can and because I like to, and because it's easier for me to remember things. And the older I get, the more I need to help remember things. The L, I want, to, I want you to write the word love. Love. To commit myself to the success of someone else means that I actually truly love them. I care about them. Not emotionally, but intellectually, by decision. I, I loved the men that I worked with, and I love the person that I work for today, not in some weird emotional way. I don't get goosebumps when I see Pastor Darrell, <laughs> unless I've done something wrong. Then I get lots of goosebumps. But it's not a feeling. It's a decision that I have made. I have decided that I will love this man as I love Christ. I will serve him as I serve Christ. I will commit myself to his success because when he succeeds, as he is blessed, I will be blessed because I'm following him. If he walks into blessing, I'm right behind him. Let's do this. Go for it. And if you will get a hold of this concept as a Christian, we don't come to church just for entertainment. Some people do and some days are more entertaining than others. I get that. 
But you see, it's not about, it's when we ask ourselves the questions, do I love God? You, we were singing some choruses tonight that were pretty amazing as far as loving God and more of Jesus and so on and so forth. But what does that mean? What does that really mean? You know, when I think about Jesus and I get, ah, no. When I think about Jesus, I want to just, yes! I am a child of God. Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords, is my brother. I'm in a pretty amazing family. I get pumped by the truth of that. Because I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to become involved in this thing. And it's, all, it's about fact. The fact is that I have accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. Savior and Lord. He saved me. Now, my job, my life, is to serve him and to commit myself to the success of the kingdom of God. That's why you're here. That's why you're still alive. How many of you realize that when God's done with you, he'll take you home? When he's finished with your life here on this planet, when you have impacted as all the people that you're going to impact, you've influenced everybody that you're going to influence, You've touched every life that you can touch. God will say, okay, time to come home. Amen. See ya. Amen. He will then take you home. Until that time, what do I need to be doing? You know, I, was, I thought about this, and I realized that's an incredible statistic. You realize that if you go to church once a week for approximately 90 minutes, and that's all the church that you attend, you understand that in 52 weeks, you have gone to church 78 hours. That's just a little more than three days. You've gone to church for three days out of 365 days. Now, if that's the only time you acknowledge God, that's the only time you say, Oh God, you're the best. And the rest of the time you pretty much ignore him. You just, you don't even think about God. You don't, you know, God, yeah, whatever. Uh, you know, when I get to church, uh, we'll talk. Don't interrupt me right now. If, if I only spent three and a few hour days with Linda once a year, honey, would you be okay with that? Oh, she's not sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we've been together 40 years. She's probably tired and could probably handle the break. But anyway... You don't tell me how much you love God if you only spend three days a year even acknowledging his existence. And then people go to church for 90 minutes and, and I, you, know, you say, hey, would you like to come visit my church? How long is it? Well, it's you know, like 90 minutes. 90 minutes? What do you do there for 90 minutes? Well, we worship like 80 of those minutes. No. Well, you know, music and announcements and we talk, you know, different stuff. And this guy preaches for, you know, a while. 90 minutes? You want me to go to church for 90 minutes? Hey, guess how long eternity is going to last? More than 90 minutes. I, I was blown away by this. And, you know, children, the average child will spend 35 hours a week in school and maybe 90 minutes in church. 
How are we going to prepare a child for eternity if we only have 90 minutes to speak into their lives? Parents, grandparents, you have got to help us with this. You have to speak life into the children. Don't tell me you love God and you ignore him 362 days a year. That's impossible to do. Can't be done. The letter O, observe. If you're going to be a follower, not only you love the person that you're following, whether it's Christ or Pastor Darrell or, you know, he's our lead pastor, so we are following him as he follows Christ. The kids follow Nicole as she follows Christ. The youth follow Mike, Bell, as he follows Christ. Some of this, our seniors, senior saints, the sage people, follow Pastor Merrill as he follows Christ. The staff, some of the staff follow, follow me as I follow Christ in different situations, whatever it is. Somebody's watching you. They're watching you. Do you know why they're watching you? They want to see one of two things. They want to see how you handle success. And they want to see how you handle crisis. What do you do when life gets hard? And what do you do when life is awesome? How do you handle that? And so they watch. And so we then have a responsibility to those that are watching us. I have five grandkids. They're watching me all the time. I have a son and a daughter. Now I have a son-in-law and a daughter-in-law. They watch me all the time. They want to see, usually they're watching me to see if I have any money, but anyway, they're watching me. They're watching. But to observe, to watch. How do they handle crisis? How do they handle success? Does success change them? Does crisis change them? Or can I look at them and know that no matter what, their eyes are fixed on Christ? I can follow them as they follow Christ. I can watch them. I can learn some things from them. And to observe means also to listen. Listen to, how, listen to people pray. Do they pray with a sense of, of relationship? God, Heavenly Father, Dad, it's me. Now, if you hear, you're listening to them pray and all of a sudden you hear from heaven, who? Then that's a problem. It's a relational problem there. But who are you again? It's me, God. Who? God, it's me. You know, that's not an issue. But that you listen to them pray. If their prayer is, Oh God, that's me. It's an awful life. I don't know what to do. You know, it's like, you know. Have you ever noticed we usually don't ask those kinds of people to share in public? You know, in public prayer? Yeah, don't get the whiner up there to pray. It's always depressing. No, I want somebody that knows who they're talking to, knows what God can do, has a, has a tremendous faith, has a strength. When, Pat, when you listen to Pastor Darrell pray, it's like he's, you know, we're gone and him and Jesus are just walking back and forth here. They're just having a talk. 
That's what you need to begin to observe in the one that is in front of you so that you can pass that on to the one that's behind you. Amen? The why. Yield, obedience, and sacrifice. To yield means that you obey, and sometimes it will involve sacrifice. Now let me, I'm going to share something totally honest with you. Of the pastors that I have served, all of them at one time or another asked me to do something that I did not want to do. Can you imagine that? And sometimes it happens every single day. It, you know. But I've discovered that I don't have to like them, I just have to love them. Amen? Amen. Listen to me. I don't even have to, I don't have to like what they want me to do. I have to love them and do it to the best of my abilities. Has God ever impressed on you that you needed to do something and you didn't want to do it? God, I don't want to do that. I don't like doing that. I don't care. Do it anyway. It's good for you. Ouch. Yeah, that, you know, it's good for you thing. That, that's just, I don't want to hear that. It'll make you stronger. I want to be weak. I'm okay being weak. No, it'll build character. I don't want character. I just want to be a weenie for Jesus. No. We have to give, you have to give up your own plan sometimes. I, rem I can still remember, I don't even know why I remember this, but I remember it. In Chicago, Pastor Robinson, my brother, the doctor, had gotten tickets to Phantom of the Opera. Great seats. I went to Pastor Robinson and said, Dave, my brother's got these great seats, the whole family's going. Can I skip Wednesday night church to go to this concert, to go to this, the opera? No, I need you in church. What? For what? I just need you there. And I just came into that, and so I, okay, so I came to that service just praising the Lord. Not. Man! Can't believe this. I better have some major part in this service. I have to be here. I sat there and did nothing all night. Oh, was I fried! But I yielded, and I was obedient. I yielded to the authority. I yielded to that leadership. And that's what it's all about. Sometimes you will have to sacrifice. Sometimes you will have to just obey with your teeth gritted. I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to like it. So, now the key is to make sure that your lead pastor doesn't realize you don't like it. Just say, that's a great idea, Pastor Darrell. That is wonderful. Let's do that. 
I will do what I can to make that happen. On the way home, I don't believe this. this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my life. See, what you say in your car is fine. Your car is like Las Vegas. What happens in the car stays in the car. Amen? But don't be a hypocrite. I mean, you know, be honest as much as possible. Because it can bite you if you're not careful. But to yield, to follow hard after that individual as they follow Christ. Because here's, here's a little secret about being a lead pastor. They will stand before God and give an account at a different level than you will. You got that? That's why Paul told them, he said in his letters, do not lay hands on any man suddenly. Because the moment that they are anointed, ordained to service, I mean, I, I realize this, you carry a greater weight of responsibility because we are placed here to lead you to Christ, to lead you into the kingdom. The letter A, act. Take charge and act on the direction that is given you. Act upon it. I've learned, you know, 40 years of ministry working as an associate pastor, that when the senior pastor, the lead pastor says, we're going to do this, to say to them, well, let me pray about that and see if that's really of God. That is not an appropriate answer. <laughs> to tell the lead, he's obviously thought about it, prayed about it, and for me to then say, you know what, that's pretty weird. I'm going to pray, let me pray about that and see if you are actually on the page here or if you are just out of it. That puts me in judgment rather than in service. My job is not to check to see if Pastor Daryl is loony or not. That's not my responsibility. You know, till you see me with a hat that says Holy Spirit, that's not my responsibility. I follow him as he follows Christ. I've done that for 40 years and it's worked very well. I'm just being very honest with you. There have been, yeah, there are times that I'm thinking, what in the world? But it's amazing how when I yield, when I act, God reveals then to me, you see, this was my idea. This was my idea. Just follow. Just follow and act. Now, the Lord dropped this little illustration into my mind regarding the idea of acting on our faith. To follow means to act. I can't just sit there and say, I'll follow you wherever you go, and then park myself and say, well, you know, I'll, I'll wait here until you're done. I want you to understand something. This journey to heaven, in particular the church, get out of your mind the idea that I will come here once a week, I'll sit in the wagon, and I'll just let Pastor Darrell pull me closer to heaven. And hopefully someday he'll get me there. And I'll just kind of sit and watch. Guess what? This is the day to get out of the wagon and get busy serving the king. 
We have a ministry fair out in the hall. If I could, I wouldn't let anyone leave the building tonight. I would stand at the door with a gun and say, you are not leaving tonight until you have signed up for something. I will check the names. If you have not signed up, you are in big trouble. Now, I could probably get access to a gun now that I think about, but I'm not, you know, obviously I'm not going to do that. It wouldn't work because then I'd have to be here every week with my gun to make sure you showed up to do what you signed up to do, and I'm not doing that. But there's an opportunity for every single person here to be able to do something. If you're, if you're a senior citizen, sign up for SAGE. Well, I may not be there every week, so come when you can. But when you sign your name, when you write down your name, what kids ministry, drama, technical, maintenance, I, you know, there's like 20-some things out there to, to look at. Something, something you can do. Because once, once somebody finds out that you signed up, they'll go, well, if she's signing up, then I can sign up. Well, if she's going to do that, I can do that. And pretty soon... This amazing thing happens, and the body of Christ begins to function like a body. With no parts, just kind of hanging out, doing nothing. Where we all begin to flow and function like an organism, not just an organization. Then finally, the letter L. Follow well and accept responsibility because somebody is following behind you. Lead. Lead. The last letter is the letter L. Now lead. I've discovered that the, the better I follow the men that are in front of me, the better I can get people to follow me. And it's all about listening to those amazing words of Christ. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me, and I will, I will change your life. Someone sent me this amazing thing. It was called The Reflection of a Mother, but I'd like to change the title. And It's called The Mentor's Promises. The Promises of a Mentor. I can teach you things, but I cannot make you learn. I can give you directions, but I cannot be there to lead you. I can allow you freedom, but I cannot account for you. I can take you to church but I cannot make you believe. I can teach you right from wrong, but I cannot always decide for you. I can offer you advice, but I cannot accept it for you. I can give you love, but I cannot force it upon you. I can teach you to share, but I cannot make you unselfish. I can teach you respect, but I cannot force you to show honor. I can advise you about friends, but cannot choose them for you. I can advise you about sex, but I cannot keep you pure. I can tell you the facts of life, but I cannot build your reputation. I can tell you about drink, but I cannot say no for you. I can warn you about drugs, but I can't prevent you from using them. I can tell you about lofty goals, but I can't achieve them for you. I can teach you about kindness, but I can't force you to be gracious. I can warn you about sins, but I cannot make you moral. I can pray for you, but I cannot make you walk with God. I can teach you about Jesus, but I cannot make Jesus your Lord. I can tell you how to live, but I cannot give you eternal life. I can love you with unconditional love all of my life, and I will.
Heavenly Father, as we take the challenge now to become men and women that are loyal, loyal to the person who's in front of us, because they're loyal to Christ. We love Christ. We want to observe Christ in action in the lives of others. Father, we're willing to yield ourselves, our will, our actions and everything, to yield, to sacrifice and be obedient to the cause of Christ. Father, we thank you, God, that as we, as we yield, we can act upon what we hear in your word every week. And then, Father, we take up the challenge to lead, to lead others. So, Father, tonight help us to become men and women that are loyal. Because, Father, help us to be able to say with the Apostle Paul, in all sincerity, in all truth, in all honor of you, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.